0: people. Welcome back to another episode of the No Good People podcast, celebrating good people and good conversation. My guest today is Isha Mankar, a junior at Nazareth Academy High School in Philadelphia, a private all-girls high school. Isha's story is pretty amazing. She recognizes the privilege in the United States that women have most, over most of the other women in the world, access to menstrual products. Having a period without access to proper sanitation products can hurt a girl's educational and life opportunities. However, fighting period poverty is something that is very near and dear to Isha, especially providing access and empowerment to girls and women in need. In September 2021, Isha founded Women for the World, providing menstrual kits for women in India and addressing the health crisis in India as well. So welcome India. I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm so happy for you to be able to share your story with us and the listeners of the No Good People podcast. Welcome. Thank you. So I, let's get started. So tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are from, and a little bit about your family.
1: Hi, so my name is Isha Mankar. I'm a current junior, as you said, at Nazareth Academy High School in Philadelphia. Um, I'm a daughter of Indian immigrants. My family is from India. Um, And this issue is very near and dear to my heart because several um, women in my family have experienced this specific type of poverty.
0: And how did you get interested in this? Want to tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, of course. So it all started, um, even when I was really young, when I first started my period, my mom made sure every da- every time that I always had continual access to period products. And she told me her experience of how she dealt with her period in India. So basically she, when she went to school, my mom did not have access to sanitary pads until she was in college. Um, so what happened was she would use cloths or any kind of material she, she could find regardless, regardless of its sanitary condition. And she would use that to control her period. And it's, it led to a lot of health problems. And even her mother and generations before that, um, really faced this type of poverty. And she made sure that I never had to face something like that. Um, because in America, period products are something we really take for granted, and we we, we really don't realize um, how much of a privilege it is to have access to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I really created this because I felt like I really needed to give back um, to my parents' home country um, as a way of almost thanking them for giving me the access to education and Continual access to these products um, that they didn't have,
0: so how did you get started like what were got, some of your first steps that you know to help you kick off um, women for the world
1: Yeah, yeah, of course um, so basically, I was talking with my family, my family in India, they own a huge um, medical charitable trust and just talking with them over conversation, I really, there was something in me. I was like, I need to do something. Like after hearing all these stories, I was like, I need to do something. So me and my cousin, we we discussed some things that I could do in India to help and give back. So I designed my website and I really, I, I just really got into it. Um, I really don't know what like sparked it like all of a sudden, but I was just like, I need to do this, and I, I just need to do it now. Um, and I really just really wanted to give back. Um, so yeah, I think that's really that's really just it. I just I just felt like I needed to do this.
0: And you know, as you began, you know, creating the website and working with your family members, you know. What are some of the ways that, and as well as, you know, in high school, with your high school, tell me some of the ways that you kind of got other people interested in this topic.
1: Yeah. So my family, obviously, like my dad and my uncles and stuff, they obviously, they're not too familiar with this kind of issue. So it didn't take much convincing, though, because Mm -hmm. they were also very aware of the stigma surrounding periods in India and how much... It's just not talked about and the access to the education women need to control their period and just like reproductive health in general is just not there. And even they were aware of it. And I think that speaks volumes as to how bad and just how like little access to education women have on reproductive health if even the men know about it. So I really thought that spoke volumes and it didn't take much convincing at all to get my family involved. Um, After one or two calls, I started working on my end of the project and really, really their only help is like just just distributing it and like basically doing all the heavy lifting. I'm just kind of educating and doing my end here, um, trying to do as much as I can just get there.
0: And so what are some of the obstacles that young women face in India um, if they don't have access to these products? Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. So like I said before, the stigma surrounding periods is, it's so prevalent even today. um, India is obviously a developing nation and a developing country. And as things are advancing, which they are, um, it's still a huge issue Like, at least, like, girls skip school on their period because they don't have access to these kinds of products. They use, like, rags, dirt, leaves. They, they they use anything and everything to control their period. And they, and they don't talk about it. Like, regardless of sanitary condition. It is something so frowned upon in the Indian society that it's just not talked about. Like women will have to, in some cases, like women are not allowed to go in like the worship area. They're not allowed to go in the kitchen. And in extreme cases, they're not even allowed inside the house. They have to sleep outside the house on like a cot. And it's it's just really heartbreaking that something so normal has made to be something so like disgusting or gross when it, it, it's really just a biological process. And these are vital pro- products that women need to survive.
0: And you mentioned earlier in our discussion um, that, that some women, including your mother, had to sleep outside during the time of her period.
1: Yeah, yeah. My mother specifically, her parents, thankfully, since her mom knew how much this issue like is pre- and like she just knew she did not personally have to sleep outside but mm-hmm. she did know her friends and stuff that did like some parents were just strict and I guess it's also like in the patriarchal society it just it's just something not talking about women are often looked at in the Indian society as having to be quiet and having to like not really like express themselves i guess like their husband should speak for them and obviously things have changed things are developing and people people are growing and mindsets are changing but i guess like in that time it was just so strict and like even like a religious aspect to it like i know in the hindu religion um i just like we're not allowed to enter the temple even i'm not allowed to enter the temple when i'm on my period but and i always ask i would be like why why can't i enter and my mom would just be like it's just something that we do she didn't really have like a solid explanation because obviously it was not explained anywhere in the scriptures um of why we can't do this it was more of like a societal thing and it's just something that never clicked in my mind that like this is normal like why why aren't we treating this as something normal mm-hmm. like it, it, it's not any different from like Anything else we do, like breathing or eating, like it's something normal. Um, So I just never, I I still can't comprehend it today that that rule still like applies in many circumstances, and it's just really, it's really saddening, honestly.
0: You know, you think about the fact that what can be the result of absences from school, right? Because we know that that decreases opportunities uh, for socioeconomic growth. Um, But it also causes loss of dignity because you always feel or that young women could feel that they're dirty or less than or less worthy um, for something that is so natural
1: yeah definitely I know my mom she told me stories that when she was in school she would have to use thick cloths and like thick rags to control her period in school and she would skip school on her period because there were just some days she was so uncomfortable having to go to school on her period because Mm -hmm. she she would bleed like it's just cloth you you can bleed through that um and she she would get so embarrassed and like even the girls like even like her classmates and everything people would make fun of that like you can visibly see like like when you're wearing a skirt and stuff that you're on your period and it's just something that is so like it's so embarrassing for an individual which which it shouldn't be the case and another reason to this problem is the the like insufficient access to proper sanitation and uh, like water sanitation and like not enough toilets, like mm. sanitary toilets. And that's also one of the reasons that girls can't go to school on their period. Like they just cannot, because obviously when you're on your period, you need to change your pad one or two, like a couple of times throughout the day, especially in school. They didn't even have proper toilets to dispose of that. So how how can we expect them to go to school? And it's it just everything contributes so much to this health crisis that I think girls in the United States, we don't think about that because we we just don't have to think about that. Um, so it's an issue much bigger than I think like anything I've ever seen. Like I never have seen this much of like a poverty that's like not talked about at, like, mm-hmm. at all. Like it's, I've never seen it being discussed. Like, unless I, I have to physically research this, people don't just know about it, which I found very shocking.
0: Yeah, I find that shocking as well, too. But I think it's because of so much that we here in the United States take for granted. And also because um, I think sometimes the industry... Is something that is always hush hush, right? That that's you know that there's no dignity in having your period, when in fact there's nothing to be ashamed of because it is a um, it is part of life for women. If you're yeah. able, right? I mean, if you're able, it's part of it's part of who you are. It's part of who it's part of our makeup.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It. Yeah. Definitely. Like it. It's just a biological process and something that really never clicked in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um. Why are we stigmatizing this? Why is this something to be ashamed of? Um, and it like even in the United States, it's very prevalent. Um, to homeless women, women in economic disadvantages. Um, but we just don't talk about it. Like even girls in the United States, like they they skip school too on their periods. It just we never hear about it, and it's just crazy to me that even like. And and it it just really all stems back to, like, I guess that systematic, like, gender-based, like, taxes on period products and how much they cost is just insane. Like, period products are so expensive when it's literally something that should be free. And I know New Zealand has, like, free period products. And I just don't understand why, like how how they can achieve it, but no one else can. And I really think we should like, every country should like strive to like make period products free because it's it's like vital to women's health.
0: Now you talk about, you know, how we can become more like New Zealand and how we should work towards making period products free um, to all women. Have you, consider talking to your representative, your senator, anything of that nature? Have you taken steps to do that?
1: I personally haven't, but I have created like a solution, like, well, not a solution, but like a semi-permanent solution um, to this kind of poverty with materials you can use in your own home. So, because as of right now, I feel like products are just like it's it's such a big issue to tackle mm-hmm. and we can do it i i really believe we can but i have created like a reusable pad that i feel like also environmentally we can save because pads take a lot of years to decompose into the environment yes they um, do it, it it is insane um, how much they contribute to also our environmental crisis. So I created um, a reusable pad um, that's made of a hundred percent cotton, and inside it's like a pad casing. You just need cotton, a sewing kit, and some scissors. That's really all you need, um, and you can make your own pad at home. And there's like you just need towels, cotton, and sewing kit, um and you put the towel in the casing and you you switch it three to four hours um and you're good to go and I've personally tried them because I'm obviously not gonna promote something I haven't tried that would be hypocritical um I've tried it, and personally, my pads I have not leaked to them, and I use them on my heaviest days, okay. so I think that it's very significant to me, and I think I also. Personally, I find them more comfortable than your normal pads. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I really think that I think that we can use these and also help save our environment at the same time while also addressing a huge poverty issue.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. Saving the environment while addressing a poverty issue and helping women and girls um, feel better and more, um, you know, more positive about themselves um so you said you created this kit and so tell me is it a, indeed a kit and if so tell me what can what is contained in each kit
1: yes so i have created a kit um The bags are made of cloth, so there's really no plastic in the making of this kit. Um, so it's a cloth bag and inside we have one pad casing, one cotton pad casing, and we have a towel, um, which girls can use to insert into the pad casing. Um, and then we have a couple panty liners, um, and like a little instruction manual of on how to use it and how to properly look after your reusable pad because it to be quite honest if you use your reusable pad um and you don't clean it properly or you don't um i guess like um like you keep it on for like more than like the time limit it's supposed to be used you can also get infections because you are sitting in cloth mm-hmm. um but if, if like if you follow the instructions and everything um, this can actually be very desirable and um solve uh like the 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 not having access to period products
0: okay, and is it just one per kit?
1: Yes, it's one pad casing per kit along with the instructions on how they can make their own at home
0: okay, do you also suggest or give them recommendations as to how they can? Um find materials to create their
1: own? Um, yeah. Um, I was talking even to my mom because she has been in India and she has gone through like financial burdens. And I told her, are these materials accessible? Like are these more like accessible to these girls? Um, and she said, Yeah, she had a sewing kit at her house. Um, it's like a very common thing. Um, and you can make this out of any cloth T-shirt and like any kind of cloth, um, but like any kind of cotton cloth. Um, yeah, so it's very accessible. Um, it's they're very common materials um, that these women have. So I kind of kind of like made it based off that what they have, mm-hmm. so that even in a time of crisis, they can they can use they have something at least.
0: Okay, great. And I know that you are preparing to send some over to India. How many are you going to send in your initial run?
1: So right now we're sending 15 to 20. That's our first batch of girls. And then every month we are planning to hold a seminar. So basically what our seminar consists of on my YouTube channel, I've made three videos. The first one is like, addressing what reproductive health is. What are periods? Why do we get them? In a very simple, basic educational video. And the second one is more on how our period happens. Um What organs, like what are ovaries, stuff like that, more reproductive health. And in my third video, um also in my second video, I've addressed how to like put on a pad and how sure. to dispose of a pad, because I feel like that is also something they don't even know um, there because they just don't have access to products. So it might be very new to them. Um, and then in my third video, finally, I show them how to make these pads. So on that seminar, I'm going to hold a Zoom call. And with my cousins who have the charitable trust, we're going to Zoom. They're going to show my videos and translate it into Hindi so the girls can understand Um hand out these packages and there's going to be a survey. So I can also take statistics on what they use like firsthand um, firsthand of what they're using. So I actually can gauge for myself and see what these girls are using. um, Not just what I've like researched, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. So right now, 15 to 20 girls. And then, Hopefully we can have it each month um, or every other month at least. But at least what I'm hoping is that I can at least depart some kind of knowledge to them that they can share um, so that they can start talking about it. Because I really, I truly believe that talking is the way to break the stigma around this issue, normalizing it, and really, really just talking about it with your friends and just discussing things that you can do to help each other. I think that's a huge part of it too, that making sure that you're not alone through this, that you do have people that support you and, and, and it's normal, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you currently working with any other organizations to help support your project?
1: Not currently, but I am starting to reach out to an organization in Ghana. So hopefully I can transport some of my kids there um, and do similar Zoom sessions and stuff like that.
0: What do you hope Women for the World's legacy will be, Isha?
1: I really hope our legacy is that we educate women um, and that They can continue to be educated on their period. Um, no women's education should stop because of their period. It should not be compromised because of their period. There should be no stigma around it. So my legacy and women for the world's legacy would be to provide young women in developing countries access to education on their bodies and their rights. Um, I'm hoping that I can focus on other women's issues that happen in these developing countries, such as domestic abuse and how to get out of situations mm-hmm. like that. Um, because like I said, in a patriarchal society, women have very little access to one another. Um, I would say like getting out of abusive situations um, and stuff like that. It, it's, it's a very big issue in developing countries still because of the patriarchal society and just, I guess, like even men don't even want women to work and get extremely mad and abusive when they do, which is, which is still insane that I can't believe that some countries even have that mindset in today's world. Um, because it feels like us in America, we've progressed so much, I guess, in that manner. Um, that at least women can like work freely and not like have like a whole like stigma around it even though there are some disadvantages women face in the workforce today it is really not as huge as other countries where they where they can't even work because their husband like doesn't want them to mm-hmm. um So, yeah, I'm really hoping to expand on other issues and other issues in the world like food insecurity and climate change and, yeah, really just violence against women and how to get out of situations.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, a lot of our listeners um, often write back to me or, you know, they listen to an episode and they say, you know, I don't want, I want to know how to get involved or, How can I share this information among my peers? So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about where they can uh, learn more about this crisis? And if they want to help, what can they do to support either your efforts or other organizations that, you know, that are educating people about, um, you know, the period crisis?
1: I think really what really matters is more of just talking about this issue, getting its name out. Personally, to help me, I guess right now you can just follow my social media and I guess just boost and support my content Mm -hmm. um, to get this issue well known because it is such a taken for granted health crisis that no one talks about um, until you physically do the work to research it. It's not like as well known as like a crisis such as homelessness, um, which is something almost everyone knows about or is aware that this issue is happening. Period poverty is something no one talks about. Um, So I guess just really just talking about the issue. And if they want, they can even follow my tutorial on how to make their own reusable pad because I can contribute um, to how many pads that it takes to decompose. And the more we start to reduce that number, the more we can aid in the climate change crisis as well. So it's really just everything together. So I guess really just talking about it, talking is all it takes to end a stigma.
0: So where can folks follow and subscribe to Women for the World?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So my content is on YouTube. Um, It's just Women for the World, um, at Women for the World. And then Instagram is also... At women.for the world. So yeah, same name for everything. And my website is also Women for the World. Um, so yeah, everything has the same name. Okay. So, Isha,
0: what is it that you want to do once you graduate from high school? What are your, you know, what are some of your goals and your dreams?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, one of my biggest Interests right now is international relations and political science. Um, I'm also planning to minor in environmental science. Um, One of my dream careers is being an ambassador to the United Nations. Um, So hopefully in the future, I can make that come true. Um, I also, I plan to go to law school as of right now. Um, So yeah, that's really what I'm planning to do out of high school.
0: I love it. I love it. I really appreciate your sharing this information and your journey with us, Isha, um, because you don't hear about this topic very often. And so I think it's really important that, again, we've had great conversation. Um, but I think it's really important that we are providing information to all of our listeners and letting them know that this is a real topic and that you can learn so much just by or just through a conversation.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So don't hang up just yet. Um,
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me and my guest Isha Mankar for this episode of the No Good People podcast. And if you want to share your story, hit me up at no good people podcast at gmail.com. Just like Isha, I am happy to share your story and let the world know exactly who you are and what you are doing until next time. I'm Vera Smith Winfrey. And remember it's always good to know good people. The Know good people podcast is co-produced by Kennedy Gale productions and so very Vera productions music produced by Trevor Pitts of Pitts campaign music. The No Good People podcast can be streamed through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other selected streaming services.